Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres. We're here to talk to you about the Hockey Podcast Network. As you all know, the Hockey Podcast Network is your one-stop shop for all things NHL year-round, featuring podcasts for each team based in their respective local market. Subscribe today. You won't regret it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm a fan of a division championship football team. Yeah, we don't know nothing about that peasant in the hunt shit. Only division champs are welcome on this podcast. And the Buffalo Bills are officially, for the first time since the Clinton administration, AFC East champions. That's right. The first term of the Clinton administration. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Taylor, tell me about your experience watching that game before we start to get into some of the big hockey news that has happened this week. So, uh, it it was just nice because as good as the Bills have been the past couple of years, they haven't really put the screws to a team very much. Like this year, like early on, obviously, they had big leads and kind of saw them get whittled away. Uh, But – this was, uh, I think, the best example of that they've had in a while. I, the Broncos aren't a terrible team. They're obviously not very good either. They're pretty much a, a 2000s Bills team. Uh, Drew Locke is a very 2000s Bills quarterback. And instead of just like, letting them hang around or whatever, they just, they just beat them to sleep. Buried them. Yeah, it's great to see. Uh, great to win the division. I know it was kind of a formality at that point, but it's going to be cool. And now they have a chance to go for their first 12-win season in – I think more than 25 years, I think like 27 or 28 years. That's what is it? 90 is the, was 90 no. the last, or 91? No, I, uh, I think either 92 or 90, one oh, of the last okay. two football years, I think they were 12 and four. Okay. Wow. But yeah, it's been a long time. So how, I mean, how did it feel for you? You know, this is realistically the first time we have, while being conscious and aware of it, being able to experience the Bills clinching a division championship. And I'll also add, this is only the third time, <laughs> only the third time in the 21st century that uh, between the Bills and Sabres that somebody has clinched a division title. The Sabres only have twice, and this is now the Bills' first. So this is not something we're used to. But how does that make you feel, Taylor, that uh, we did it, like, finally? Oh, man, I didn't even think of, That's insane. But, yeah, so, like, the 07 Sabres, the 2010 Sabres, and – that's it. That's yep. incredible. That's it. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're right there with like the President's Trophy Sabres as the best Buffalo teams of the past 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was awesome. It's, 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 inc- I just, it, it's incredible to, to cheer for a football team that's 11 and three. Uh, like last night, they broke the record, they broke the record or tied the record for most different uh, players catching a pass. Tied it, yep. They tied it, yeah. yeah. And they could still break it because I think Devin Singletary still hasn't caught one this year. True. So it, it's, uh, it's incredible. Like, there's so many guys now. I don't know. There's so many guys that are good on this team. So many guys that we'll, like, remember. And not, like, in a funny way. Where, I'll, like, I remember Tim Ewis or <laughs> Jabari Greer or something like that. Like, I remember them because they were good. And they're all on the same team. Like, yep. Like, I feel like guys like Edmonds, Oliver, Trey White, obviously, even Poyer and Hyde have been here for four years now. So, like, they're good and memorable guys. Uh, John Burr, obviously, Stephon Diggs, you know, incredible. Allen. There's so, there's probably, like, a dozen guys that I feel like are guys that I'll have good, positive memories of, all on one team. And I feel oh, like there yeah. was like a dozen combined guys in the first decade of me watching this team. It's too, it's too weird to process that. <laughs> You know, just thinking that there's, like, so many lovable players on this team right now. I don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to win the Super Bowl. You're goddamn uh, right they are. So, now that we've had our fun, let's talk about the Sabres. Let's do it. Yeah, we need to just get that out. Congratulations. And also, before we segue, little promo spot, 
considering the fact that the Bills have just won their first AFC East title since 1995, if you're listening to this right now, there's a good chance that you are probably wanting to ingest some Bills content. And the perfect place to do that would be Buffalo Fanatics, one of our presenters of this podcast. Uh, As we mention every week, Buffalo Fanatics is made up of a ton of great bloggers, uh, great video team, and they do some really awesome coverage of the bills they have been for years now and if you are looking to get your fix that is where you got to check it out buffalo fanatics so anyways though let's get back into it now taylor we know when hockey is going to be back hockey is definitively coming back maybe even a little bit earlier than we had thought um want to lay it out for us with what the nhl has come forward with for the proposed plan yeah so A lot of it is stuff that we kind of assumed. There's not too many surprises. So the the season will start January 13th, like they laid out. Uh, Schedules aren't out yet, but maybe they will be by the time you're listening to this. Uh, The trade deadline is April 12th. The end of the regular season is May 8th. The expansion draft is July 21st. The NHL draft is July 23rd and 24th. Free agency begins July 28th. So kind of as we suspected, the season is going to get pushed into July. Uh, It's going to be a 56-game season. And the divisions uh, are kind of what we expected. The Sabres, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, what the Sabres division will be. They'll be playing in what's called the Eastern Division with Boston, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Uh, The other divisions are called the North, the West, and the Central. The North is the Canadian division. That is happening. Um, Maybe in America? (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Well, if it happens in America, this is an interesting thing, I think, that – I'd like to know when when we'll know when the actual schedule comes out. Are the Canadian teams in Canada? They're just all going to play each other now. And that's the whole point of why they're all in Canada and in the same division. The American teams, are they only going to pay like, are the Sabres only going to play the teams in their division or are they going to play teams in the central and West? That's a good question because isn't the playoff format that each division is going to give four teams, right? It's the top four teams from each division. And then, one of those four is going to be into the semifinals, right? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. That is a great question. I mean, that has – that'll have a huge impact on the Sabres. Um, how do you feel about their playoff chances now, knowing that we're going to have this shortened 56-game season? We know what the division is definitively. Where where are you at with that? Okay. Well, not – I mean, I don't feel great, obviously. <laughs> uh, but – it's a couple things here. First of all, there's only one team in our division that I'm sure is going to be better than the Sabres. I'm sure Boston will finish with more points than the Sabres. Now, you can't really be too sure about things in hockey because it's weird, and it'll be especially weird with a 56-game season. But in especially a cramp season, it'll be, what, I think, less than four months for 56 games. But now you're looking at New Jersey. Uh, I think the Sabres should be 100% better than New Jersey. Right. So that's one team. The other ones, it's the Islanders who were in the conference final last year, but they've lost some guys. And I feel like every year we kind of look at them now and are like, oh, they shouldn't be that good. And then they are uh, the Rangers who made the fake playoffs last year and immediately got like smacked around. They have a lot of good young guys or some good young guys. I don't know. Well, they have young Alexis guys. Lafreniere now. Yeah. I mean, Capo Caco was pretty awful last year, but He's the second overall pick. He'll and turn he'll be, that around, I feel like. Yeah, well, he has to be better than he was last year. Of course. Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Philly has been very inconsistent. Pittsburgh and Washington have made the playoffs uh, almost every year since the last lock – not the last lockout, but two lockouts ago in 05. And they're both very, very old. So, hopefully you're seeing one of those fall off. With question yeah, marks in that too. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's something Washington – just lost Henrik Lundqvist for the year, at least yep. the year. And they're going to be relying on Samsonov, who has, of course, had a lot of promise, and he looked okay in, in the action. He looked pretty good in the action he got last year. But, again, goalies are voodoo, so you don't really know. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, with Pittsburgh, I mean, they're, you know, they traded Matt Murray, of course, as we had talked about, I believe, on the last episode, and are, are going forward with uh, Tristan Jari and I think Casey DeSmith is their backup. Um, Big right? question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so big question marks there. I mean, also, you know, uh, Pittsburgh on D 
not really the best. Um, I mean, getting Jack, jo- getting rid of Jack Johnson, like congrats on that. That's a good move. Traction. Yeah. Big time. But you just really don't know. And like you said, I mean, Philly's been inconsistent, but the one thing that they have that Pittsburgh and Washington don't have is a definitive starting goalie who in Carter Hart, who is presumably probably the best young goalie in hockey, not named Andre Veslevsky, right? I mean, I, you know, at least most promising, I guess. But veslevsky has been around long enough, I feel like, at this point that he doesn't even – he's, what, he's probably 25 or 26, I think. Um, he's been around for more than five years. Yeah, yeah, he had. But, I mean, I think he started with Tampa Bay pretty young. But either way, though, like, I mean, Carter Hart, I think, is the, the definitive, like, up-and-coming young goalie, maybe with the exception of another one of our new division foes, uh, Igor Shosturkin from the Rangers. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Rangers are interesting, especially to me, too, because they're a team that, like you said, I feel like the Sabres should probably be better than, but they do have a lot of talent. I mean, their goaltending tandem, I think, is, is pretty good with Shosturkin and Georgiev. Um, their defense, for whatever reason, is pretty atrocious, but they, from, like, a personnel standpoint – have some guys back there. I mean, you know, Adam Fox leading the way there. We also have Jacob Truba, um, Tony D, that douchebag. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and then, like you said, they have a lot of young talent on, on the offensive, um, at the forward position too. And so they'll be interesting. I think I, I'm kind of with you, though, that, you know, the Islanders <laughs> – it's hard because I'm the same way where I'm like looking at them and I'm like, okay, I think the Sabres could maybe be better than them. You know, they also have their losses, but also, um, I mean, Boudreaux knows what he's doing or not Boudreaux. Jesus Christ. Um, Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz, the bees. Uh, yeah. Barry Trotz. He obviously, you know, Boudreaux does know what he's doing as well. Well, yeah, of course. He's just, um, but you know, Barry Trotz obviously has, has turned that ship around for them and has made them, a contender. I mean, we don't know, I guess, how sustainable um, their style of play will be. And especially with some of the personnel changes that they've had this year, um, that should be interesting to see. I, I don't know. I uh, looking at the playoff picture for the Sabres, it's like, I want to believe that they'll be closer and they'll compete for that, that fourth spot, because let's be real. I don't think that anybody is under the uh, illusion that they're going to get anything higher than the fourth spot. Were they to make it? Um, but the thing that I just keep going back to is you made substantial additions at forward. Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl are going to be – I mean, they were marquee additions. They're huge, you know. I, I, I can't, you know, emphasize that enough, that I am so all about those moves. Um, but the only difference that you've made on the blue line is that you brought in Matt Irwin. Um, you haven't uh, made any – additions with you know with your goaltenders which is something that you and I have talked about at length both down the stretch of last season and over the summer as well um you know like you to me it's I think Kevin Adams did a great job for his first off season some things I agreed with some things I didn't but overall he made some really solid moves but those moves are not going to look as good if one Carter Hutton is not dependable and uh, the vision surgery that he got doesn't actually improve his play. And then the other side of that too is with regards to the defense, you didn't really change anything. And so if you're going to be rolling out the Montour Ristol line and pair for 23 minutes a night, which is the number that we, you and I both have kind of thrown around as like what needs to be like the, the, the baseline for Darlene this season, if you're giving those minutes to those two, I mean, that's going to hurt you. That, that's going to come back to bite you. And, you know, I mean, we saw last season, you know, Zach Bogosian personally was responsible for the Sabres not making like the 2014 playoff, you know, and do you want to go through another season of just like letting your defense just continuously let you down when you actually finally have, the star power on offense. I mean, and again, we don't know also, you know, with Darlene, like how they are going to handle him this year. Are they going to completely take the reins off? Is Ralph going to tell him to stop trying to be conservative and just do what he does, you know, like let him play his game. He is a world-class talent. What are you doing trying to put the reins on him and trying to make him something that he's not, you know, it's going to take time for him, of course, to, to get, become, I guess, like a marquee defender, but 
one of the best parts of his game is the fact that when you get the puck on a stick, it's getting out of the zone. It's getting advanced up the ice and he can even do it himself. It doesn't even have to be that. And so, you know, I think you've made the point several times, Taylor, that like the best defense that you have is just having the puck on your stick, you know, then, then you don't have to worry about it. Um, and, and the more that you play Rasmus Dahlin, the more that that is going to happen as compared to giving those minutes to guys who really aren't ready for it. So I'm a little bit up in the air as well. I mean, I don't feel particularly confident. I think that, you know, my mindset, I guess, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we had first gotten word of what the potential divisions were going to be, uh, that, you know, my mindset is really, you're going to have to jump over one of these teams anyways. Like if you're going to get into a, if you were going to get a wild card spot this year, you're going to have to like beat out these teams, you know, like the, but there's no other way of getting around it. Like the Metro has been good the past handful of years. Um, it, it's been deep, you know, and you have some very competitive teams there. And now it's essentially us in Boston taking the place of, uh, of Columbus and I'm the other in Carolina. Um, and you're in that division now. So like, you're going to have to do it anyways. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I can't say that I'm overly optimistic for them, uh, I think that they're going to be much improved solely because of Hall and Stahl. Uh, I think that that is really going to make a huge difference for them and alleviate some of the pressure off of Jack and Sam. I think it'll open up opportunities for Skinner. But again, you know, you, you didn't address defense. You didn't address your goaltending. So how far is that going to get you? True. So another uh, big wrinkle this season is COVID is still with us. Very much so. In fact, you could say this is the worst it's been. And the season will be starting in, hmm, let's see, less than three weeks now. Or, hmm, let's see, Monday, this comes out the 21st. So a little bit over three weeks, about 23 yeah. days. So it'll be here. It'll be a huge factor in the beginning of the season. And obviously, I, I'm not expecting to see fans in buildings, at least at the beginning. But the big, I guess the big thing is going to be, like the NFL, how are players going to avoid it? How are how are you going to make it so that you don't have uh, a new positive COVID test every week mm -hmm. or you're going to have to cancel a bunch of games or you're going to have to reschedule games or you're going to have to have guys held out. I, I, I'm kind of interested in the, the Sabres working with the Bills on this because a lot of NFL teams have uh, done very poorly in this regard and the Bills aren't really one of them. I think Tyler Croft had it. Um, and there's been a couple guys that had, yeah. what's that? couple of the tight ends I thought were all exposed or were they were exposed but they didn't I think only one of them had a positive oh, test Croft was the only one I, I think right. so I could be wrong though okay uh, but like the Bills have done a pretty good job so I think that's something that I don't know they should kind of look into that's a lot more guys that you have to deal with in the NFL so well and I, I just to add too another huge benefit that the NFL had I didn't mean to interrupt you there but one that I think is important to keep in mind is that with the NFL not only is there more guys but one of the benefits though that the NFL has is the fact that it they, they play weekly and so you know there's a bit of there was a bit of a trend that I don't know if you noticed this but during the week you'll get a handful of positive cases from a team and then it's Sunday comes around and magically nobody's getting it nobody's yeah. testing positive you know, whereas with the NHL, not only are you, I mean, yeah, you're playing 56 games, but you're going to be doing it in a very much condensed schedule, which means that guys are going to probably have to get tested more frequently. Um, you're not really going to have a whole lot of leeway. And so, I, I mean, yeah, that's like imperative, you know, whereas with the NFL, maybe they can, they bend the rules a little bit, stupidly, albeit, but like they still were um, and allowing guys to play. Whereas, yeah, with the NHL, if you're going to be playing every other night, you can't, you can't get away with that. Nope. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, the if the Canadian team, I, the Canadian division, uh, we're not sure what's happening with that yet. Apparently, they haven't really worked out an agreement with Canada. Uh, Canada hasn't really had sports. Um, I don't know what happened with the CFL this year. Honestly, I have no idea. But Come they on, didn't have. Uh, you're not a uh, Ottawa Admirals or whatever the hell the teams are. Are they the Red Blacks? Yeah, maybe they are. I don't know. I, I like the CFL. Oh yeah, there. No, don't get. I mean, I don't really watch it, but it's cool. Like, oh yeah, the, the thing is, it's usually on during the summer, and there's not usually a lot of sports on. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of like stress-free summer football. A lot of throwing, weird uh, end zones that are like twenty yards, yeah. three downs. So, well, anyway, they haven't. <laughs> the Raptors are playing in America this year. 
Yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays played in America in Buffalo this year. So I don't know if the Canadian division is going to be able to play in Canada. I mean, apparently the story was this week that they don't have anything worked out yet with the government. So what's a concern is like I said, it's like 23 days. Aren't they looking for, are they looking at options in the U S do you know? I believe so, which would kind of open up the possibility that you could have a somewhat normal schedule. You could have those Canadian teams play American teams and then you could have, it'd be a little bit more reasonable. Like honestly, it would kind of defeat the purpose of, changing up the divisions but whatever it's too late on that front now yeah but then obviously you'd have to find you know home rinks for these seven teams mm-hmm. or are they going to bubble them in in the states you know like if you're if you're bringing i mean i don't know i guess if that would work i guess that would again i to be the purpose of realigning the division yeah but. yeah i mean and also bubbles on a bubble unless no one's coming into it Right, but I'm saying though, like if they if they kept like schedules too interdivisional, oh okay, that oh, like if the Canadian teams yeah. if the Canadian teams are coming over the border, why not just put them in one place and then that way you're even taking further precautions. It's not like you can do that with any of the other teams, but I mean, if you're gonna have these guys come here for however long, I don't know. I mean, I I it would seem to me like it would make the most sense for them to play in Canada and and just have that worked out, mm-hmm. um, but. I mean, who knows, you know, because if they're coming here, it's not like they can go back, you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Man. Wow. Yeah, a fascinating year in the NHL. Indeed, indeed. So, moral of the story, not feeling super great about the Sabres playoff chances? Uh, not really, no. Okay. Maybe we need to get people on to, to try and convince us. I know Kevin did last week when we had him on. He, he was feeling a little bit better about them than I feel like most people are, which was surprising, too. So maybe we'll have to we'll have to get somebody on here to inject some optimism into us. Absolutely. Anything else you want to talk about with regard to the return to play at all, Taylor? Um, it's going to be the second time that the NHL said – well, third, I guess, if you count last year. Uh, the third time they have had a non-82-game season, and I'm not including the time they had a zero-game season, you know, 405. So guys like – Third time in the past 10 years. Yeah, guys like Ovechkin, Crosby. I mean, not not really Crosby because he didn't really get affected by the the lockout season. But to an extent, Crosby. There's a lot of guys that are going for milestones and records, especially Ovechkin chasing the goal record. Really hurt by this. So they cut off about ten games at the end of last season, and they're cutting off twenty six here. So that's thirty six games Ovechkin lost, and then you add that to the I think thirty four he lost in twenty twelve thirteen, and then the eighty two he lost in what should have been his rookie year in 04. Some people say he wouldn't have come over right away, but impossible to know. Exactly. Yep. Anyway. Well, anyway, let's talk a little bit about the World Juniors. We haven't really quite yet. Uh, So at least on the Sabres front, the big news, four Buffalo Sabres are going to be participating in the 2021 World Junior Championship. Representing Team Canada will have Jack Quinn and Dylan Cousins. Ryan Johnson returns to the blue line for Team USA. And our second-round draft pick from this year, J.J. Paterka, is going to be lacing him up for Team Germany. So very exciting stuff there. I mean, I think the biggest story of all of this is, is Jack Quinn. Um, I would say the other three guys were pretty much foregone conclusions, especially Dylan Cousins. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of questions whether Johnson would. Um, Paterka, you know, with him being an NHL prospect, it's not as though he has – too much competition. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jack Quinn, it was, you know, up until the point when he made it, it was a, a huge question mark. And he had a lot of things working in his favor. Uh, his his coach from uh, juniors is the coach of Team Canada, so that definitely helps having that familiarity there. He also, uh, you know, uh, of course, we weren't able to watch any of, like, scrimmages or anything like that. But from following along from people, you know, it seemed like he really kind of picked it up down the stretch there leading up into until the final cuts. So that was great. Uh, I, I mean, happy to see him early on, too. He's playing on Team Canada's top line with Dylan Cousins and Kirby Doc, uh, which, holy Jesus – uh, yeah. Cousins and Doc on the same line is like what dreams are made of. I mean, just that even all three of them is just like power yeah, forward, power picks. forward, power forward. Just like, oh my lord! So that's going to be a really fun line to watch. Um, so let's start off there with with Team Canada. How do you feel about Quinn making it, and then where he's going to fit within this uber talented roster 
And then also Dylan Cousins, of course, who's seemingly going to be getting probably one C minutes for Team Canada. Oh, I'm very interested in seeing how Team Canada is. I mean, obviously, should be rooting against him. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's not the same as the Olympics. I, I Like, in general, yeah, I was at the game they had at uh, New Era Field a couple years ago where America beat them in a shootout. That was awesome. But things are good, have gotten really bad for the Sabres, and I would just like to see some guys look good, especially prospect-wise for the Sabres the past too long period of a time. Yeah. Uh, but Cousins, everything in his draft plus one year was a positive development pretty much. Everyone's pretty impressed with him, like neutral observers. Apparently the Sabres are pretty high on him. Uh, people that watch prospects, people that like watch juniors, his stats, everything has looked really good. So the fact that he's going to be on the first line for Canada is really encouraging. Now, a weird thing about this, I guess, because you would consider Jack Quinn – He's a new – I don't know how to put this. He's not a draft plus – well, I guess he is. This is Cousins' draft plus two World Juniors, and this is Jack Quinn's draft plus one. But this is Quinn's, I think, last opportunity to play juniors because he's so old for his age. Mm-hmm. So he this, – this is kind of important to me, I think. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I mean, you're, you get picked in the top ten. You should be playing World Juniors. It's like, well, even for Canada – and I know Canada's got a really good team – it was really important that Quinn made it because he's not – he doesn't have another year, you know. He has to be, like, good now. Otherwise, it's a huge concern. So, it was really good to see he made it. And, and it'll be playing with Cousins. It'll be really interesting. Um, as far as the other guys go, uh, I don't really know much about uh, Petkara. Mm-hmm. So, that would be cool to see. I know Germany's not as good as America or Canada, a couple other places. Uh, but it'll be interesting. And then Johnson, I'm definitely interested in because – a lot of people who have been not high on him in the past have talked about the start to the season he's had this year. For Minnesota, right? Yeah. He's uh, jumping in on the offense more, becoming more of an offensive weapon, which is good. Also his draft plus two year. So I don't know when we're going to see him, like in Buffalo or in right. Rochester, but I'm mildly curious about him. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, first off, again, with like Canada, I think the thing that I go back to, especially with Cousins, is, you know, he was a, a pretty key cog to the team that won the gold medal last year. He had nine points in seven games for Team Canada. So, you know, you're coming back with that. I mean, all of Team Canada is insane. Like, you have Bowen Byram, too, like on the blue. I mean, they're nuts. Um, and so that's what's going to be really good for Quinn is that he – We'll see if it, you know, if he will remain on the top line through the tournament. Um, but he will be insulated with a ton of talent. So that's going to help his his chances a lot. And I mean, Cousins, yeah, like I'm looking for him to ball out. Like I want Cousins, you know, if you're getting one C minutes for Team Canada, probably going to get first power play unit minutes as well on a power play unit that like – not even like five, like two years from now is probably going to be like a line in the all-star game. Um, you know what I, I mean? That's, in, it's insanity. So I, I want cousins to like ball out. Like I want him, you know, over a point per game. I want him in the conversation for MVP and just dominating. Um, as you had mentioned with Johnson too, good to see him back on team USA. It was pretty everyone kind of assumed that he was going to make it given his experience. And you're right. I've checked out some clips of, uh, of his games early on this season. And it, he looks a lot more commanding with the puck Um, in the offensive zone. Just see like I've, I've seen a couple of, of clips of him just like stick handling through guys and just finding very impressive and difficult lanes so, I mean, making really strong passes, um, you know, it, it's what you want to see. I mean, obviously, Minnesota is a top-tier program when it comes to college hockey. And, you know, with Johnson, I mean, you're, if you're a first-round pick, of course, expectations are going to be high. It doesn't matter that if it was at the end of the first round or not. And so, you know, I, I think it would be really, really encouraging for him to step up and produce pretty significantly this year. Um, just because we all know what happened the last time that the Sabres had a prospect play for the Minnesota Golden Gophers and underperform while he was there. Um, don't know who that could be. Just, you know, thinking around, throwing out whatever mm-hmm. possibility. Um, 
but I, yeah, so you, I mean, you want to see him dominate, you know, like if you're going to be playing for like a top end program like that and going to emerge from the many Sabres defensive prospects that we currently have in the system right now, I would really like to see him separate himself. Um, and then Paterka. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because, uh, of course there was a, a, a very heavy additional layer of snark to this, but after the draft, you know, people were saying that they were more excited about Paterka than they were about Quinn. Um, which, <laughs> good. Not good. It's not good. And I think of course there's a, a, a very thick layer of snark involved. So I want to make that clear. But yeah. when you're looking at Paterka, I mean, this is a guy who was projected to be a top 20 pick. Uh, or like not tw- a top 20. He was projected to be picked in the twenties. He ended up falling. I know again, people had their issues with the Sabres trading up only a few spots to get a guy, especially when you look at the history of the team doing that, AKA Rasmus Asplund, uh, when they did that and left Alex to cat on the board. Um, but you know, I- I'm interested to see how he plays. I mean, he is, a a dynamic skater from what we learned to or what we know about him right now you know like he's he's a quality playmaker um and i think this is going to be a really good opportunity for him to go up against not even like some of like the best players in the world for his age group and to see how he's going to match up now of course i don't know what the groups are going to be but you know if if you're going to see team germany going up against team canada or team usa um, I'm not going to like their chances, but it will be very interesting to see what it's going to be like, though, how Paterka like stacks up against these guys. You know, how is he going to stack up against like not even like the first line for them? How would that do? How is Paterka going to stack up against like Quentin Byfield for Team Canada? And he's probably going to play on like their third line. Um, Team USA. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. And Team USA, same for them, too. I mean, how is he going to match up like? you know, with Alex Turcotte and Cole Caulfield on the other side, you know, what, what are you going to do? Who are you? Are you going to stand out? So I'm excited to see it, you know, for, like you said, he's a guy that we really don't know a ton about. Um, so I think it's going to be really exciting to see what's to come. And I'm looking forward for us to, to keep up with that and to, to watch some games together. Maybe, maybe we can hang out and watch some of these games and uh, you know, do a little bit of scouting on these guys. I think that's a good idea. I think you're a good idea, Taylor. No, I agree. You know uh, what else I think is a good idea? What's that? A quiz for you. Uh, I've heard I've heard about such things. Have you? All, All right. right. Yeah, I'm down. Are you ready for this thing? Yes. So as we were talking about the World Junior Championships, it got me thinking about the 2018 World Juniors, which were hosted in Buffalo, as we all know, uh, or as many of us know, as I should say. And the cool thing about that World Juniors was the fact that there were a lot of guys who already have become contributors in the NHL only a couple years ago and guys who already are, are killing it. Some marquee names. I mean, some of, the, some of the premier names in hockey played in this tournament. The premier young names, I should say. So I'm looking at a list of 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 names of guys who have played 50 or more NHL games who also played in the 2018 World Junior Championship. Now, I know this may seem difficult, and there's a few of these that will definitely be tough, but what we'll do is I will give you a country by country breakdown of how many guys there are. You can guess for a country. And then within that, I'll give you additional clues too. But like I said, some of these guys are, you know, high end first round picks um, guys who have immediately stepped in and have shown a lot of promise and have produced for their respective teams. And then there's some other guys here too, who are just early on in their careers and they're at about like 60 games or so. So, with that being said, Taylor, are you ready? I am. All right. So, let's start off with Team Canada because there are a handful. So, for Team Canada, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys who are on the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Championship roster who are now in the NHL. Um, Do you want to guess some names or do you want me to give some hints about some of the guys on the list? 
Well, let's see. So that was 2017-18. So I'm guessing that 2017 draft plays a pretty important role there. Correct. Uh, so as is 2018s. True. Uh, were Nico Heischer or uh, oh I forget pa- uh, Nolan Patrick? I almost called him Patrick Nolan. So no, Nico Heischer actually plays for a team is represents uh, team Switzerland, I believe. Oh and, no, I I meant in general, but. Oh no, they're not on this though. No. Oh, okay, so then they're probably in the NHL. Yeah. So, well, all right, Team Canada. That's interesting. Hmm. So. Hint. One of Nolan Patrick's teammates is on Team Canada's list. Is it Carter Hart? It is Carter Hart. He was the starting goalie. Wow, good for him. Nicely done. I know. Um, I know one American player. Who do you got? Casey Middlestad. You're right. Yes, of course. The MVP himself. Um, so, like, think about – all right, so let's go back to – do you want me to, like, give you some hints or do you want to just guess some guys first before getting into hints? Um, I'm having nah, – let's just – let's get some hints. Let's, let's all right, we'll get some hints going. So, uh, for Team Canada, we have – here are two hints. A Stanley Cup champion – and one of the premier young defensemen in the NHL. Man, I know who you're talking about. And I absolutely am blanking on his name. For which one? Stanley Cup champion. Well, you said premier, are you talking about two different guys? There are two different guys, yeah. Those are two hints for two separate people. One is a Stanley Cup champion forward, give that away. And the other is one of the premier defensemen in the NHL, young defensemen. From your young defenseman. Uh, hmm. Actually, I'm not going to lie. Probably the, the I, more larger hint. Uh, the top three. No, not even top three. The top four. Top, probably if you were to ask somebody who are the four best young defensemen in the NHL right now, all four of these guys are on this. And they're, are they all Canadian? No. Oh, oh, okay. So, Darlene? What, what's that? Darlene. Darlene, correct, for Team Sweden, yes. Heiskanen? Heiskanen, correct, for Team Finland. Fox? Fox, not one of the ones I was thinking of, but yes, Fox is on this list. You could actually say the top five young defensemen then. You're right. Wow, who else is young and a defenseman? Hmm. It's tough. Let's You're missing see. probably, like, the two most popular. Aside from popular, oh my aside God. from Darlene. Well, you know, there's some guys that be too old. Like the 2016 draft guys are too old. So like McAvoy, Chikrin, and right, those guys aren't on. Yeah, think uh, out west. Think out west. Oh, okay. So the uh, hmm, <laughs> this is actually very annoying because it's the Colorado guy. Yeah, yeah. That is oh one God. of them, yep. I can't, I can't think of his name. That's This is the second person. Is Colton Perico on there? No, he's too old. Yeah, too old. Uh, uh, his first name is also the name of an unsavory um, vegetable. Mm, broccoli. Nope. Wait, his first name's a vegetable? Hmm. In theory, yeah, yeah. Spelled differently, but yes. That's fascinating. No, I really should remember this now. So, like, hmm, onion. No, a vegetable. You know, Taylor, I, I hope that uh, by the end of this, you don't meet your maker. Oh, Cal maker. Cal McCarr, yes. That would be him. Yep, and then you have one more who, in oh, my opinion, is – what's that? What is kale? What is it? Is kale a vegetable? You never heard of kale before? Oh, okay, okay, that kale. Yeah. Yes, I don't like it. Okay, and then the last remaining defenseman, aside from Rasmus Dahlin, is probably my favorite defenseman in the NHL right now. Um, He is from the United States of America. He was a top 10 pick. Plays out west. Out west. Super out west. Even further hint. Super out west. Super west. Northwest, would you even say? You're goddamn right, I would. Okay. 
Hmm. He has the... What's that? Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. I was going to say he has the same name as a relative of yours. That's true. Now, Danny. Yeah, shout out Quinn. Is Jack Hughes on this? Jack Hughes is not, as a matter of fact. No. Um, All right, so then let's go back into uh, some... Let's go... So Stanley Cup champion. Stanley Cup champion. You know this. You know this. He was potentially going to... Everybody really wanted him to be a Buffalo Sabre. Yeah. Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas. You got it. I was actually thinking of... Um, Matchbox 20. Great great band. Yeah. Is Tage, is Tage Thompson on this? Tage is not. No. No. Oh, um, all right. Team Russia, there's only one guy on this list, but he uh, is one of the best young forwards in the game. Uh, he was a... Without being giving away too many hints, he was a top five pick in his respective draft. Mm. And he, uh, because of that, has some ties to Buffalo in a way. Ties to Buffalo? Due to his draft positioning. It's very close to Buffalo. Ah. A very particular pick that we had. Um, hmm, is this more obvious than I'm thinking of? It I'm is. Thinking of it is. So he was t- was he taken ahead of Casey Middlestad? Mm-mm. Ahead of Cousins? I didn't say he was ahead of anybody. Was it, you said he was a top five pick. I did. So he's behind Darlene? He is behind Darlene. Oh, Sveshnikov. Sveshnikov. There it is. Oh. Yeah, Darlene's better. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um... All right, so let's go through. We're doing pretty good here. We're getting through. Uh, Team Finland actually has another player on there, another defenseman who we have not mentioned. And what's that? A defenseman. A defenseman, yes. Think about it, and then let me know when you want a really obvious hint. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Defenseman, okay. Mm. Wait, did... he's super a guy, you know. I know. You know him okay. well. You know him very well. I know him very well. We talk about him a lot. There's your hint. We talk about him a lot. Oh my God, is it Danny Briere? Yes, it is actually Danny Briere, defenseman for Team Finland in the 2018 wow. World Juniors. Wait, so I, I don't know if I guessed this or not. I don't think it's Finland. What country is Heiskanen from? Slash, did I guess Heiskanen yet? Yeah, he is. Uh, it's it's Finland. Yeah, so there's it's another Finnish defenseman. Oh, okay. Hmm, a Finnish defenseman. So we talk about him a lot. That's interesting. I don't remember talking about a defenseman a lot. Uh, oh yes, you do. There's a reason we talk about him a lot. Oh, oh my God. No. Who? I'm afraid to say it. Say it. So I'm, I, okay. I'm going to full disclosure here. I'm completely <laughs> blanking on his name, and he's a saber. And not only am I blanking on his name, he's like our second best defenseman. Yes, Taylor. Yes. How, how is this happening? I literally do not know. Oh, my God, Taylor. <laughs> I know. Well, I know him. Like, you traded Nylander for him. Oh, yeah. Last year. Hey, that's a... That's an interesting sentence you just gave there for whatever reason. To maybe kill two birds with one stone. Oh, is Alex Nylander? Alex Nylander, yes. He is on here for Team Sweden as well. Is, hmm, no, I was thinking of the Toronto guys. You want to come back to that one? Yeah, I would like to because I, (laughs) how is this happening? I literally cannot believe you that you are forgetting the name of the second best defenseman on the Sabres. Yeah, well, so, like, we say, like, Risto Linen first. Yeah, of course. This of guy's course. second. I was actually going to say Matt Irwin first, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, I keep forgetting about him. <sighs> Man, I really can't shit. What's up? I really can't believe this. Let's move around. Sweden, two guys. Uh, one was an underperforming top five pick who was recently traded, and the other is one of the best young players in the NHL. 
One of the best young players, huh? He's teammates with somebody you already talked about. Oh, my God. I've talked about so many guys. Mm-hmm. So, somebody who you correctly guessed, I should say. Oh, okay. Is he teammates with Heiskanen? No. Okay. Were you going to say Rue Pence? Yes. Love Rue Pence, but no, it is not him. Hmm. I don't think he's – I think he's from Finland, too. One of the best young players. Oh, yeah, baby. I don't know if it's because the Sabres have been – Ginormous helmet. A ginormous helmet? Yep. Is it Rick Moranis and Spaceballs? <laughs> <laughs> it is, actually. Yeah. Rick Moranis yeah. and Danny Briere on this list. Crazy. Yeah. So, now that hockey's been gone for more than four months, I think I'm in a bad spot mentally with it because I can't – there's multiple people whose names I just can't think of right now. Taylor. Really, really good. This, like, guy's a, this guy's a stud. Stud? Ford? What? Stud forward? Yes, a stud forward. Not mm. Indisputable. There's not a person who has – who knows anything about hockey who would dispute that this dude is like legit. Everybody loves him. Hmm. Is this too late for line a? It is. It oh, is. He's in the NHL at that point. So he wouldn't yep. be going for this. Um, a stud. Man. Who does he play? <laughs> Where does he play? Out, super out west. Super out west. Oh. Hmm. Hold on. I gave you the same clue. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Is it Pedersen? It is. It is. It is Elias Pedersen. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And then can you name the top five pick who was recently traded? Recently traded, huh? This offseason. Okay. Change of scenery. Underperforming. Yep. Wow. And he wasn't picked in by the, the same and in, in the same draft. I'm, or no, was he in the same draft? He might have been a year earlier. But yeah, he was a very he uh was drafted by a team who is currently in the Sabres new division. Okay, top five pick. So Okay, so Boston hasn't had a top five pick. It can't be them. Nope. New Jersey has, but they're usually number one. Correct. Uh, the Rangers. Ah, it's a Ranger, huh? Based on that look. I say nothing. Hmm. Feels like a Ranger. Traded hmm. this offseason. Swedish. Wow. I don't think I have this one. All right, that's okay. Um, let's move on. Uh, yeah, now we're into some of the tougher ones here. Uh, actually, no, there's a really obvious one too. Uh, for so for Team USA, you have three left. Um, oh. One of them is a very well-known uh, up-and-coming forward who many people actually wanted the Sabers to like trade up for. Uh, in his draft year, and um, he has some some bloodlines in the NHL history. Is it one of the Kachucks? It is. Which one? Uh, Matt would probably be too old, so I'm going to say Brady. Yes, there it is. There it is. All right, uh, another one for Team USA. Um, he was line mates with Connor McDavid this past season for a little bit. Line mates with Connor McDavid. Yep. Huh. Yeah. There are some names that I just know you're not going to get, but this is yeah. one that I think you would know. Line mates with Connor McDavid? Really? You so the thing remember is Zach Cassian. Very unique name. Very unique name. He's young. Yep. Yeah. So I figure all these guys got to have been taken in 2016 or 17, or maybe even 18. Yeah. Uh, he would have been an early. He would have been in sixteen or seventeen, though. Because, oh, is it? Is it no? Who? Poyarvi's out of the NHL. No, not Poyarvi. He's a, and I'm talking about a dude who plays for Team USA. Oh yeah, okay, American guy, huh? I'm in love with Connor McDavid. Yep. Mm, I 
Another one is a dude from the Czech Republic. Uh, there's two guys from the Czech Republic who, who are still on this list. Uh, one of them is a very promising Rangers prospect. And the other one uh, plays for a team that we despise due to historical 21st century reasons. Okay, so there's a hurricane? Yeah. Okay, so Czech, a Czech guy on yep. the Hurricanes? I know that prospects aren't really your wheelhouse, but he's pretty good. Hmm. I'm actually having trouble with both because a Rangers guy. It's not Brady Shea. No. No. He's not with them anymore anyways. Oh, that's right. Huh. These ones are tougher. If you want, I we if you want, we can we can move on. Or we can uh Oh, wait. Henry Yoki Haru. Henry Yoki Haru, yes, oh, Taylor. That is the finish. So See, that is uh, like you forgetting the Bills play the Jaguars last week, and now I forget Henry Yoki Haru's name. Yep. It's really okay. tough times here. We're even. We're even now. Yeah, oh, my God. Henry Yoki Haru. Yeah. Okay. No, so, this, is, this is making me feel better about last week now because that was yeah. not great. All right, okay. so cool. You have uh, – oh, go ahead. So, Hurricanes guy – What's his position? He's a forward. He's a center. Hmm. I don't know. Is there anyone left I should know, you think? Like, should definitely know? Uh, probably not. I mean, maybe one of the Canada guys. Um, I'll give you teams if you want. Okay. Uh, Nashville, Montreal, Calgary, and Anaheim. Hmm. So – uh let's see here anaheim and uh actually you know what's kind of funny is for uh the anaheim and calgary players they have the same initials for their first and last name not like they both have the same initials but like it's like if like if it was like bb or you know like barry bonds or something like that a little bit of alliteration Hmm. They're both forwards. So for Team Canada, yeah, it's two forwards and two defensemen. The two defensemen are for Montreal and uh, Nashville, and then the two forwards are with the alliteration names are Calgary and Anaheim. Hmm. I'm going to have to wave the wave flag on this. That's okay. All right. For uh, Nashville, Dante Fabro. Ah, okay. He's a guy. Uh, Montreal, I figured you know him. I think we've talked about him before. Victor Mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Calgary, Dylan Dubé. Mm, I don't know who that is. That's okay. And then Anaheim with Sam Steele. Same. Okay, that's okay. Moving down then, uh, the line mate of Connor McDavid was Kyler Yamamoto. Ah, I don't remember that. I think we've talked about him before at least or mentioned him. Uh, the other remaining player for Team USA was Max Jones. Mm, I don't either, honestly. Um, Czech Republic guys, Carolina was Martin Nikas. Oh, okay. That's, that's someone I probably should have got. Yeah, and another Czech one was Philip Chidel, which he's fairly well known too. Um, and then the final one that you didn't get for Team Sweden was Lias Anderson. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lias Anderson. You did pretty well. Oh, thanks. I don't that's, think I did that Hen- well. Henry Okihar, you aside. Yeah, so – it, there was like a couple guys I couldn't pull. I still can't. Obviously, Yoki Harrier's one, but there's like Pedersen took me a minute to remember Pedersen's name, which is bad. He's like a top 10 forward. And then I still can't. I was trying to think of like the defenseman in Ottawa that's good. Good young Eric guy. Eric Brandstrom? Yes. I yeah, pull he, I don't, he hasn't played 50 games yet. Really? There's actually a few guys. So let me pull up that list, Taylor, because I was, I was actually surprised. There was a handful of dudes who I was, um, surprised that they weren't uh on their on like a a team for 50 games yet um hold on championship 2018 hockey because all right let's see here um rosters i was just looking at all of them before yeah there's some guys here we go all right so 
other ones on on Team Canada that are pretty well known guys, Jake Bean. Um, I know we've talked about him as even like a potential like guy that you should trade for for Carolina since they have eight hundred good defensemen. Uh, yeah. Maxime Comtois um, from Anaheim. Drake Batherson, who is another top forward prospect for Ottawa. Um, Jordan Cairo, actually, another guy like Robert Thomas, who people kind of wanted uh, when the Ryan O'Reilly trade happened, but he has not hit 50 games yet. I was very surprised by that one. Mm, yeah. UPL is on this for the Sabres, of course, but he has not made his NHL debut yet. Ole Hugh Levy, who plays for Vancouver and was a top – I think he was either like the fifth or sixth overall pick. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't hit 50 games. Uh, Eli Tolvanen, who is a pretty promising forward prospect for uh, Nashville. Uh, let's see here. Who else we got? Team USA. Uh yeah, really. I mean, Logan Brown, he's, I mean, a first round pick. Kiefer Bellows, same with him, that they just haven't gotten enough games yet. Um, let's see here. Yeah, and then the Czech Republic, I mean, that was really it um, between Nikas and, and Chidal. Oh, Philip Sedina, actually, but he hasn't played 50 games yet either. Um, you know, another top 10 pick. And then, yeah, I mean, Team Sweden was actually pretty awesome. Timothy Ligren from Toronto is on Team Sweden, but he hasn't had enough games yet. Uh, same goes for Jesper Boquist for New Jersey. Uh, and, yeah, like we said, yeah, Eric Branstrom, but he just has not hit that 50-game threshold yet. And then let's see here. Yeah, and, and you know what's actually pretty crazy is you would have been right about Nico Heischer, except he did not represent Switzerland because he, I believe, was with New Jersey at that point, and they did not let him play. Yeah, it's tough because a lot of the best guys are already in the NHL when this happens. Like, yeah. So, like, I don't know if teams really want to release them to play games in the middle of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Hey, you know what? We need We need quizzes like this week and last week to keep us grounded – you know, keep our heads on straight, eyes on the prize. And then, because in reality, I mean, this is just like the preseason for us right now. Once we get into the regular season, come January 13th, the stakes of the quizzes are going up exponentially. Like, we're going we're gonna to think of some crazy shit to do. If I get, like, more than five answers wrong on a quiz, I'm going to do, like, a cannonball off of the Skyway or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll think of fun stuff like that. Rational stuff like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Taylor will have to go on a naked run through Delaware Park. I mean, you do that anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That's like your Wednesday routine. So I get, we'll make you do it on like a Friday or something instead. No, that really threw off my rhythm. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Taylor, any last thoughts before we sign off? Uh, yes, actually. Go. Uh, so I was just thinking about this. When we talked about uh, like two weeks ago, whenever we did the, the movies episode, when we talked about the Mighty Ducks and stuff, that – you said you're talking about like being more of a music guy. I'm more of a, a film guy. Yeah. That now I think maybe, and I am just bringing this on you in the middle of a podcast. We didn't talk about this before. Okay. At the end of a podcast, we could do uh, our recommendation of the week. Ooh, I love that. So you can recommend an album or a song or something like that. And I can recommend a movie. I'm super into this. Oh yeah. Do you want to start right now? Sure. You want to go okay. first or uh, you go first. What, did, what, what are you watching lately? What did you like this year? What do you recommend to everybody? All right. So my recommendation is uh, it's, it's the Christmas season. Uh, we're, we're just a few days away. We actually won't eat. We, probably a good time to say we won't have a show Christmas Eve, obviously, or Christmas. Right. Uh, we'll be back next week, next Monday. But, you know, since you're, you know, enjoying time with your family or whatever else, or maybe you're not because pandemic. It's, you know, it's a season to watch Christmas movies. A lot of them are bad, but, you know, they fill you with holiday cheer, so it's fine. So this is not, this recommendation is not something where you're going to be like, oh, that's a, that's a, I never thought of that, or I've never seen that. But I'm going to recommend you watch It's a Wonderful Life, everyone, because a few reasons. First of all, it's Christmas, so watch it. <laughs> it's on TV all the time. Second, there's been a lot of talk, and we even brought this up in this podcast last week, like, oh, is Die Hard the best Christmas movie? And, you know, those annoying arguments. It was always an annoying argument to me because it's not, a, even if it was, whatever. 
it's not as good of a movie as It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. It's not only the best Christmas movie, it's one of the best movies in American history. Wow. And it has cool High praise. Yes, definitely. Uh, so give it a watch. If you, maybe some people probably haven't seen it. It's an old movie or you haven't seen it in a while or you've only looked at it as a Christmas movie. I would recommend watching it. I know that's a very like, um, it's like one of the most viewed movies of all time. So I'm not, I'm not especially digging deep to give you recommendation, but I'll have more obscure ones in the future. Yeah. No, I like that. That's really cool. Um, all right. So then I'll go music. Uh, well, what I would say, and I'll probably do this for the next couple of weeks, even though it'll be in 2021 already, but I'll just do some stuff, uh, some albums that I liked from 2020. And so to start off, to change it up a little bit, uh, I will suggest for everybody, if you are a fan of rap or hip hop, uh, Amine is a, an amazing rapper who he came out with a new album this year called Limbo. Um, you may know him. He was the one who has the song Caroline, which was like one of the most popular, like bar. So if you were in a bar in like 2016, like, you know, that song, uh, but he came out with a new album this year. I've been a big fan of his for a while. Um, his first full length album is, is amazing. And that's the, what Caroline is on, but this new one that he just came out with really good. Um, I was a little bit late to the game with giving it a listen, but he actually also just came out with a deluxe version of the album a couple of weeks ago. So if you're a rapper, hip hop fan, um, would highly recommend that. And I'll also just make a point to say too, that with our, with my suggestions, I feel like I have a pretty wide range of musical tastes. So I'll try and make sure that every week I'm doing like a different genre. And I feel like you could do the same with movies too, Taylor. Oh TV. yeah, definitely. You know, what was actually speaking of, of music and, and I guess combining the two, but I actually last weekend watched the new Bee Gees documentary that came out on HBO and really good, like really, really good. I mean, the soundtrack for one was great, but the other side, like the soundtrack was great. It was a lot of really cool behind the scenes footage. Um, also gave a lot of insight into some things that I did not know about uh, the Bee Gees. One of which being they like ghost wrote a lot of really popular songs. Like, do you know the song Islands in the Stream? The one that Jim and Michael sing in the when they're doing karaoke at Jim's party? Yeah, the Bee Gees wrote that? The Bee Gees wrote that. They ghost wrote oh. it for somebody. Yeah, Barry Gibb, I guess, has wrote a bunch of stuff for Barbara Streisand, too. Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah so it was interesting as hell. And it was cool getting to hear a, a lot of the outtakes from, like, recording sessions and stuff and, like, old demos because they were really amazing and they're harmonizing i mean it it gave me a much greater appreciation having it laid out like the their vocal abilities um and having other people explain it and then actually lastly the last thing that i really enjoyed about it too was that they had a few different people uh who have been in bands with brothers which like talking about like the dynamic of being in a band with a brother um so noel gallagher from oasis of course uh nick jonas was in it which was pretty neat too so, of course, the Jonas Brothers and Oasis are also no stranger to, you know, family drama leading to band breakups. Um, so it was really cool to see. So if you're, uh, there's a little bit of both there for you. If you're, if you're a history, a music history buff like myself, I would highly recommend on HBO Max the new Bee Gees documentary because it was very, very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, those are my, my picks for the week. So speaking of picks for the week, Taylor, who is your random Sabres player of the week? Uh, it's Eric Bolton. Ooh, going for the grinder. Yeah. A fighter from the between Rob Ray and Andrew Peters eras. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to go with Darren Poopa. Darren Poopa. The Poopa oh man. yeah. We're going for quality names. Part of the Grant Fear trade. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. NHL all-star, I believe once or twice too, you know, so rock and mullet also, I figured that was also an important thing that needed acknowledgement. Yes. Yes. Of course. Eric Bolton and Darren Poopa, your two straight up sabers, sabers of the episode. All right, everybody. Well, it has as always been a pleasure before we sign off again, we just got to give our shout outs to both the hockey podcast network and Buffalo fanatics. The Hockey Podcast Network, as we always say, it's one show for each of the 31, soon to be 32 NHL teams, along with a ton of other really cool shows. 
brought to you by guys who, whether it's former players like Terry Ryan or other guys who are just awesome in the local hockey blog sphere of North America. Um, it is where you need to be for getting all the news you need about the NHL. You know, we have the season getting ready to start up now, as Taylor had mentioned earlier, in about three weeks or so. So not only is, are we preparing for that, but also you're probably going to see an uptick, uh, an uptick in free agency. Uh, maybe some trades are going to happen. And so if you're curious about the uh, outlook for any of the other 30 teams in the NHL, there is a show for you. Then on the other side of it, again, the Buffalo Bills are AFC East champs. We don't know anything about that in the hunt shit. Champions, that's all we know. And Buffalo Fanatics is where it's at for getting your Bills coverage. They have a ton of great shows and podcasts. They also are awesome for doing their video breakdowns as well. Uh, a good friend of mine, Clay Troya, actually, uh, I was watching a really cool video that he, uh, it was him and another one of the guys from the Buffalo Fanatics team. And they had pointed out the fact that one of the things that's helped Allen uh, with being more accurate with his deep ball is that he developed like that little like Rogers step like little jump step that he does before like getting ready to just like fire a missile downfield and alan people have like and clay uh was one of the early ones to realize this he caught that and then josh ends up getting asked about it in a press conference and so it's it's pretty cool i mean these are guys that are quality at what they do they study their film they know what they're talking about and i mean the bills are winning the super bowl so like why aren't you following them? You know, Taylor, who, who are we going to beat in the Super Bowl? You think, by the way, the Rams, the Rams. Okay. Totally. Can you imagine, I don't want to put this out in the viewers. Can you imagine? If I'm, I'm knocking on what everybody, this is all sarcasm. We're trying to reverse like jinx this. Yeah. Do you imagine if they beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Oh, that's, Ooh, gave me chills. Just thinking about that. They're not going to make it though. The Bucks. Sucks. They almost lost to the, the Falcons today. Mm-hmm. They were down 17. Yep. Falcons could yep. not finish the job. Classic Falcons, but... Well, anyway... <laughs> Classic Falcons, yes. Well, anyways, though, like we said, Hockey Podcast Network, Buffalo Fanatics, that's where it's at. Be sure to check them out. Follow them on social media. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, make sure you're following us on whatever your preferred streaming platform of choices, whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Play, whatever it is. Make sure you're giving us a follow. We really appreciate it. And uh, just thank everybody. Thank you all for your support so far this year. You know, we're really excited to get the ball rolling with the season. And now that there's a date on the books, uh, I know I can speak for both myself and Taylor when I say that we are really, really excited to scream into oblivion with you all again. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this has been Straight Up Savings.